Verses 39 to 46. And Luke 23, verses 26 to 33. And the title of my sermon this morning is The Suffering Christ. The Suffering Christ. And the main idea from this text, or these two texts, is the suffering Christ, God used that suffering to be a part of his salvation plan for humanity. Amen. So that suffering that God, that Christ undergo was a part of God's salvation plan. Amen. But before I begin to preach to you this morning, Rivertown, I want to give you a historical context of this text before I begin to preach in depth. The Passion of Christ was predicted in Isaiah 53 verse 5. And also Christ himself predicted his death in the Gospels. Christ's sole purpose on earth was to die for humanity so salvation could come to them. Sin was rampant and hurt, my friends, so God had to send his Savior and Messiah. And the final context that I want to look at, the manner of death of Christ was foretold in, the, in Psalms 22, verse 16. So this morning I have a whole line for you that I will preach from. One, the road to the cross. And as I said to you, here before Jesus was arrested, the scripture said, when Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him, and reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. That's a warning. And he withdrew about a stone throw beyond them. Knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, 
Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours will be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat, listen to this, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer, he went back to the disciples. He found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. While they were sleeping, he asked them, Get up and pray that you will not fall into temptation. So that was coming from Luke 22, 39 to 46. So here I want to say to you this morning, my friend, on this Good Friday morning, that Christ was conscious of the impending suffering that he must face. My friends, and this was an ordinary suffering, my friends, but he knew, he knew his fate. But he nevertheless, he continues on his journey. In this, in his deep distress of his soul, he confessed his desire that the cup of suffering and divine wrath, which was placed upon him to drink, that it, that it be taken away. So he prayed and said, Father, take this cup from me, because he knew what was to come is horrible death, my friends. But in obedience, sorry, before that, the scripture said that his sweat was what? Like drops of blood falling to the ground. So he was so distressed in his soul, my friends, that his sweat become blood falling to the ground. I don't know about who, but just pressure, I'm just picturing that. I can, Im I can imagine the amount of stress yeah. that is going through. You ever go through you have you ever been going through stress yet and the stress is so much that you feel like your body come down? Yeah. Yes, but it was a situation like this. Christ knew what would have happened. Yeah. And his sweat becomes like what drops of blood falling to the ground. Yeah. But in obedience, Jesus said, yet not my way, but yours will be done. So despite, my friends, Christ knew what he was going through. He said, nevertheless, it is not my will, but yours be done. Amen? So he was obedient to death. Jesus was taught do the will of his father, fulfilling and accomplishing his work. So the Father sent him here on a mission to be accomplished, to be completed, and he was obedient to the end. That is our Savior, that is who we serve, Christ Jesus. Obedience to the end, a model of obedience. So here, I am, as we said, we are on the journey or the road to the cross. Here. And I want to look at carrying the cross here this morning my friends jesus got help to carry the cross 
by the scripture said Simon and of Cyrene, a stranger from Cyrene, a black man was passing by in the crowd and saw Jesus' plight and was forced to carry Jesus' cross. But he was willing to do it. Here, my friends, he was left alone by his disciples. They fled, my friends. Because when they came and arrested Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, all of them fled because they saw Jesus as a different savior, as a different messiah. They thought he was a military messiah, a military savior that would have come and toppled the Roman occupation in Israel at that time. So they were very disappointed and heartbroken, so they fled for their safety. Amen, church? So Jesus was all alone. Him and God alone, my friends. I said to you before that Jesus, that there was a large crowd following him, including women who were mourning for him. During Jesus' ministry, there were women in the ministry that take care of Jesus. And they were very, very loyal to Jesus. So on his way to the cross, they were following him and mourning. It was a long journey to Calvary for Jesus. Because he was what? Weak and tired from the beating and carrying the every cross. So it came to a point that Jesus was weary from those beatings, my friends, and carrying the every cross. So the journey looked long. The journey to Calvary, to Golgotha, was long. The songwriter said, there was a green hill far away without a city wall. So he was going to a place, my friends, that it was underdeveloped, a site that was used for crucifixion, my friends. Here I want to say to you, Jerusalem rejected Christ, their king and messiah, because it was during the Passover feast in Jerusalem, all of this happens, my friends. They hailed him, king in the triumphant entry. Hosanna, Hosanna, king in the highest. They put clothes on the donkey and on the road and healing king shouting for joy. And by Friday, Jerusalem rejected Jesus, put him to the cross. Amen, church? So Jerusalem reject Christ, their king and, and Messiah by putting him to death. Jerusalem has become, by that time Jerusalem, Jerusalem has become a place, grip, or ripe, I should say, ripe for judgment. They did so much wrong in that city that Jesus prophesied that Jerusalem will be destroyed in AD 70, my friends. Now I want to look at my next outline to you this morning. We just look at on the road to Calvary. Now I am going to be looking at on the cross at Calvary, Amen. my friends. Amen. It was the place of what? Unparalleled suffering. My friends, 
And I want to paint a picture here this morning to you. No, no alleviating circumstances. It was continuous pain for Christ. My friends, they drove nails through his hands and feet. My friends, and hung him on a wooden board across at Calvary. My friends, nails to his hands and his feet. My God, what a ugly sight, my friends. But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ endured all the pain. It was a place of no softening of anguish. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. They even tore off his clothes. He was naked, almost naked on the cross. And defied his, his, his clothing and began to gamble on it. Oh, what a disgrace. They spat on our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm saying to you, it was what? Unparalleled suffering by the Lord. And that day, at the green hill far away, the darkening of the heavens and earth gave token of sympathy with the suffering Christ. Amen, my friends. At Calvary, it was a place of a singular, singular phenomenon. There was darkness around the place when Jesus died the place become pitch black they have never seen nothing like this at a crucifixion and I want to say to you the savior of the world being crucified falsely at that place he was falsely accused the religious establishment the religious leaders the Senate, the Senate entering, the Pharisees and the Sadducees plot together with the Romans to crucify Jesus because Jesus' popularity was growing above them. Amen, church. At Calvary, it was a place of the most momentous of all achievement, my friend. It was a day of mighty moral um, transaction. God allowed his son to die. He knew no sin, but God, God sent him to die for us. And the cross at Calvary was the price laid down for a last word. So God sent his son to pay the price. Something had to happen. So that sins could be forgiven and salvation come to us. Blood would have been shed. And the only blood that could have been shed on that day to bring salvation to us was Christ Jesus. Amen, church. Oh, Lord God, thank you for this day, Good Friday. At Calvary, it was a place of what? Glorious triumph. It was a triumphal day. It was a triumphant day. Although our Lord went through so much suffering, 
it was triumph in the hell. Amen, church. The slain lamb becomes more powerful in death. Our Lord Jesus rose from the dead and become an anointed and what? Overpower all sin and wickedness of this earth. So it was triumphant, my friends. He, Jesus Christ, bridged the chasm between heaven and earth and opened the way for glory. So that death and the cross at Calvary, this greedy far away without a city wall, with a crucify our Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price for us all. Amen, church. Hallelujah, my friends. Calvary, it was a place of pardoning mercy. Our Lord forgave the thief on the cross that said to him, that was very penitent and said to him, Christ, remember me in your kingdom. Jesus, he said, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, today, you shall be in paradise with me. Amen, church. He forgave those who crucified him. He cried out, crucified him, pardon me. He cried out on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done. Amen, church. So there's mercy, pardon, mercy at Calvary, my friends. Calvary, it was a place of deep Devotion and ardent affection, my friend. God's love for humanity was so great that he sent his son to die at Calvary. He sent his only begotten son. The scripture said here that Christ sent his son for us. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, my friends. So he sent this son out of love. Sacrificial love. Me not talk about a little puppy love, you know. You know, some play play love where we used to. Our love when it comes to condition. This love is a sacrificial one. He had a mission. And he completed the mission. You know, maybe we don't spot a bus, you know. The first slap we get, we want to get an ideal weapon and we'll get up and run. And say, no, no, God, we can't go through this. But he stuck to his plan. Our oh, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to look now at Jesus' death, my friends. Jesus died about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. None of his bones were broken because the scripture said it in the Psalms. It spoke about none of his bones were broken because Jesus died quick on the cross to fulfill that prophecy. Because sometimes when they hang you on the cross, some people take long to die. So they would come and break their bones so that they, they can collapse. Their lungs can collapse and they die. Because when they hang you up on the cross, 
What happens when they pierce your twice and your feet together? You use your body weight to keep yourself up. Just imagine that that's why crucifixion was such a horrible death. So Jesus had to be trying all the keys beside him to keep themselves up, using their strength to keep up their body weight. And as I said to you, Jesus was what? Fatigued, tired because of the beaten and the heavy cross that he carried. So he died quick. So no bones were broken. When Jesus died, the curtains in the temple tore into two. The Holy of Holies, the curtain ripped into two. This signifies that from now on, as Christ as the head of the church, everyone have access, my friends. In the days of Jesus Christ, only the priests had access to the holies of holies, my friends. But the death of Jesus Christ, God changed that plan that there is access of the temple or our churches for everyone. My friends, Christians are sinner man. There is access, my friends. The dead raise the dead from the grave and people saw them walking around. When Jesus died, at three o'clock, there was a great earthquake. And the tombs were open. And the dead came out walking. So this was like a precursor that God is telling you that he will resurrect his son. And that we as Christians will be resurrected too from death, my friends. Amen. The centurion at the site of, at the cross at Calvary praised God. There was a centurion there. And when Jesus died and he saw everything, he said, This must be a righteous man. Amen, church. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Hosanna, Hosanna. King in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It was an appearance of defeat. But listen to this church, listen to this river time. But God's power was the wheel of the cross. The world's power is to kill. So they thought when they killed Jesus, even Satan, that it was over. Although Jesus said it is finished, it means that this part of the journey, the redemptive work, which would have become so powerful, was finished. So the world and Satan thought that Jesus was dead. But I have news for them, my friends. God's power is the way of the cross, my friends. So this morning as we celebrate Good Friday, my friends, I am saying to you, let us look at the power of the cross. It is an antidote to sin. Because of the cross, our sins can be forgiven and be washed away. 
Because of the cross, there is the severance from sin's authority. So you are separated from sin because of the cross. Amen, church? The power of the cross is the removal of sin's condemnation. There is no, um, the Apostle Paul said, there is no condemnation in who, who what? Believe and trust in the Lord, my friends. It is the motive for what? The cross is the motive for Christly actions. My friends, the Christ is the, sorry, the cross is the promise of coming glory, my friends. We know he will return, my friends. The cross, or the power of the cross, is the destroyer of the devil's kingdom. He came to destroy, through the cross, the works of the devil. The power of the cross, it eliminates slavery to self. Because many times, we are so selfish, we depend upon ourselves. Instead of Christ Jesus. Now we have Christ Jesus. To depend upon. The power of the cross. Free you from. The whole man happy habit. That means the sinful way. Because of the cross. There is redemption. And repentance. You can turn around. From your whole ways. My friends. This morning I want to. Make an application from these two texts this Good Friday morning, my friends. And in this application, I want to ask some questions and then answer back these questions. For whom did Christ die? Sinners, my friends. Not only Christians, but sinners. For what Christ died? Our sins, my friends. Why did Christ came to this world to take the sins of the world? John the Baptist, when he saw him from afar, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, with who or which comes to take the sins of this world. My friends. So Christ died for the sins of the world. Did Christ die willingly? Yes. He gave himself willingly. He knew no sin, but became our replacement. So Christ's atonement was a replacement. He took our place of sin. He took down sin. Although he knew no sins, my friends, our sins. You know, my friends, some of us are so wicked that we deserve to see with the sins. But Christ, the love that he had, the love that he has for humanity, he came and be the replacement. Where did Christ, my final question, where did Christ be our sins, my friend? In his body. And on the cross. So for three hours. From 12 o'clock when they nail him up. To 3 o'clock. God beat his son. With all the sins 
of the word. My friends, that is, that is when, that is what he undergoes. He took away sin for three hours. He said, Father, why, my God, my God, Father, why have thou forsaken me? So he was beaten by our sins for three hours on the cross. Serve Christ today, my friends. Repent and surrender to Christ. Christ died to destroy the work of sin and the plans of the devil. My friends, Christ died that we might have an eternal life and abundant life. Life and more life, my friends. And today, this morning, this Good Friday morning, as we celebrate, I celebrate it and go home. I eat up one of my bun and cheese, man. Be penitent. Look what Christ has done for you. His passion week is suffering. And the least we can do is observe it properly by praising him forever and evermore. And in conclusion, today is a very important day for Christians and sinners. As I said, Good Friday. Today is Good Friday. Christ died for us all. He bled and died on Calvary Cross. So blood was shed. The blood of an innocent man, Christ Jesus, the Son of God. So that we live above sins, my friends, and the promise of his coming glory. So let us put saving faith in the finished work at Calvary by Christ Jesus and live Christ's life, my friends. I haste to say, remember, Calvary was the place of unparalleled suffering, but also of glorious triumph. Christ bridged the chasm, as I said before, between heaven and earth, because that is the plan of God for heaven and her to come together and God dwelling on earth. So he had to send his son to fix it. And that was Christ Jesus. Amen. Church by his death. So here he bridged his cousin between heaven and earth and hope the glory, the way of glory to come, my friends. Christ is our redeemer. For what? For I know my Redeemer liveth, and that is Christ Jesus, my friends. There is none like Him, my friends. Give Him your life today, and let Him control and lead you today, my friends. Don't let the death of Christ go in vain. For those who are not Christian yet, inside of the church, or who might be hearing me from afar. Christ died for you all. Just accept him. 
Receive in faith in him. And he will accept you. And redemption will come to you. He paid a price to redeem us. He gave his life and Calvary. As the songwriter said, there is a green hill far away without a city wall where they crucify our dear Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us all. Thank you this morning for listening to the word of God. Amen and amen. Now